Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're coming to you live from the depths of hell. <laughs> Our seventh circle. I need to watch Mad Men episode one, season six, to fully appreciate yeah. the depths of the inferno we've sunk. We've suffered a catastrophic loss of nearly all the <laughs> audio equipment at the Baldwin headquarters. And now, 12.30 a.m. We called Jeff Bezos, and we were like, look at what we all, we've done for you in the last two years. Can you drop ship us some equipment? And he just hung up on us. Yeah. Not impressed not, at all. Not impressed. Uh, we're uh, just, for this week only, going to change our link to AmazonSucks.BallMove.com. <laughs> uh, but seriously, we apologize in advance. The audio quality is going to be just a bit rough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but hopefully the content will make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so tonight we're covering season five, episode ten, entitled "Buried." Uh, do you want to get right into the recap tonight? I think, I it's think probably so. The best I think that's what we did. I think that's what we intended to do. Yeah. We're not going to mimic the last one we recorded, right? This is fresh content. I. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Let's get right into the recap. <laughs> so we start off with uh, this old dude coming out of his house, and he follows this trail of money from. His driveway to the park where Jesse is riding the merry-go-round. Yeah, it's like Christmas morning for old folks land. It is. It is. Uh, Fun fact uh, off the Insider podcast, which I'm going to say about 20 times tonight, uh, they actually were uh, filming this during the week of Christmas. Oh, they were? Yeah, it's like the week of Christmas to January 1st, and I guess it was cold as balls in Albuquerque. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that when uh, Walt was out digging in the desert, it was freezing. Yeah, they made it look like it was nice and sunny. Because I have no idea what month we're in. That's one thing that I never am very good at, of knowing exactly when we are in real world time. Yeah, yeah, we're somewhere past the one year mark, but I don't know how far. Right. Uh, anyway, so I really like the uh, the way the scene... So they talk about this in the Insider Podcast, uh, how this scene kind of feels like a crash UFO landing. Yeah, it's like, a, I think they they wrote it as an homage to X-Files, Vince Gilligan's involvement on the show. See, I wouldn't have known that if this were the first time we recorded this podcast. <laughs> we gotta stop <laughs> calling attention to that. Okay, fair enough. Um, the thing that really struck me about this scene is how he kind of follows the money, the physical object, to these lights that he sees over the hill, to, like, the visual portion of it, and then onto the audio portion of it, which is the noise that Jesse's merry-go-round is making. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Just a little uh, a trail there. Now, I don't know if you know this, because you don't follow my Facebook threads, but I posted a bunch of images that I kind of called off of Reddit uh, that I thought were interesting. One of them was a animated GIF comparison of Walt on the CAT scan table when he found out this, and we now know his cancer came back from the penultimate episode, or... Of, of last yeah, yeah. season uh-huh. versus Jesse on the merry-go-round. And, like, the circular part that framed Jesse's head was exactly the same as there's a circular part of the uh, CAT scan table. Uh, the way that the shots track and rotate are almost identical. Mm-hmm. 
it's those little touches I think make Breaking Bad really pop. And I think that it's it's kind of a comparison between Walt suffering ultimate corruption of his body, where Jesse is suffering ultimate corruption of his soul. And you can see on both of their faces, they're just barely alive. Yeah. Yeah, they have very similar looks in those scenes. Uh, that's that's right before or after the punching of the, the paper towel dispenser, right? Punching of the paper towel dispenser. Yeah, I remember when he gets very angry that his cancer is back and... Oh, I thought that was... That. I, I thought that he just looked at this paper dis- towel dispenser that he wrecked in a previous season. Okay, maybe that's and it, his, yeah. just His uh, reflection was all fucked up and distorted. Which right. is also a callback to last uh, episode where he was uh, coming back as Mr. Lambert um, to his home and he looked into the shattered mirror. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of that now that I think of it. There are. There are a lot of callbacks. We'll... Probably talk about that later, but mm-hmm. the, the next scene is Walt leaving Hank's house right where we left him last episode. Which um, makes the cold open a flashback. Flash. Maybe it's the exact same time. No, it can't because it's what? day and night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So flashback. All flash right. forward, flashback. This is turning into a Robert Zemeckis film with, or wait, who made, who made Back to the Future? Yeah. Uh, Alex P. Keaton directed that film. <laughs> okay, I didn't know Michael Keaton was a director. Uh, so yeah, he he leaves Hank's house and he tries to call Skyler, but Hank is already on the phone with her. Uh, and uh, I believe they talked about this as well on the Insider podcast that uh, that scene feels very much like a duel between Hank and Walt. And if you notice, there like when the shows, uh, you know, the shot of them kind of like filmed at knee level, looking up a heroic angle. You'll notice that their fingers uh, are twitching, yeah. like you know, like tri- their trigger fingers are twitching, like like the old gunslingers used to do when they're trying to fake each other out. Uh-huh. Hank was quicker on the draw. He was quicker on the cellular draw. Yeah, his garage door is getting a workout this episode. <laughs> <laughs> up and down, man, it's, it's crazy. closing and opening all kinds of yeah, any which way but loose. So Walt races off to the car wash, and Skyler's already left. She's gone somewhere. Uh, and we find RC out... RC car made it out alive. That's significant. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I thought it was going to get smashed. The object painted yellow actually made it out of this car, this show alive. <laughs> uh, and I like how they kind of... A lot kinda... of Dodge Chargers can't make that claim. Oh, yeah. We burned that Charger. That was fantastic. Uh, it, so, I like that uh, they made this call back, but they twisted it a little bit. You know, they didn't have Walt actually run over the car. He... He avoided that. Yeah, it's a wink, not a leer. Ah, very good. Very good. Uh, so, yeah, Walt races over the car wash. Skyler's already gone, uh, and she has gone to meet Hank in the diner, where he tells her what Walt's been up to. And he tries to get some information out of her, but she's not having it. She demands a lawyer. She asks many times if she's under arrest, <laughs> and then causes the scene to get out of there. Am I being detained? <laughs> um, so... Lots of things here. First of all, uh, standard bald move PSA, public service announcement. Mm-hmm. Don't ever fucking talk to the cops. Okay. If, if, if you're uh, under any suspicion greater than running a stop sign or doing 15 miles an hour over in traffic, seriously, if you're innocent, especially if you're innocent, don't talk to the cops. Say the following, am I under arrest? 
If they say no, say, am I free to go? If no. they say yes, If you they leave. say no, say many, many more times, am I under arrest? Yes, that's, that, that also, you know, you can't, you can't uh, stake out your rights too, too quickly. If they say you are being detained or you are under arrest, <laughs> the next thing you say is, I would like to remain silent until I talk to my lawyer. And okay. that's how you go. I mean, if you think that you're going to talk your way out of... Uh, some criminal con- suspicion that has arisen from from some police officer's curiosity, you're mistaken. And there's many videos out there from criminal defense lawyers and former police officers and uh, district attorneys that will disabuse you of that notion. So seriously, don't talk to cops. Skyler actually put on a clinic yeah. of not talking to a cop. Yeah, that was fantastic. I was watching it the entire time thinking and she's he, doing everything and, right. And, and Hank was being, a, he was being a pushy asshole. In fact, I think... So, so Skylar shows up. Do you think she had a game plan, or do you think she was just playing that by ear? Uh, I think she was playing it by ear. I felt like she knew she was in some kind of trouble. Um, and maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. But eventually, through the course of the conversation, she realizes how much Hank doesn't know yet. How much, like, he actually knows, and the gaps in his story, and the real reasons for why he's doing what he's doing, uh... And that gives her kind of the confidence to turn this on him, you know? Yeah, I also think that, so he badly overplayed his hand, whipping out the voice recorder and doing the high-pressure tactics. And, you know, I don't know whether Hank is just an idiot, because it's one thing if you're doing this to some perp on the street. But this whole, oh, don't talk to lawyers, they just get involved in twisting. I mean, that's bullshit, and he's got to know it's bullshit. Of course, yeah. Um, So... The other thing is letting drop that his cancer's back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think really solidified uh, Skylar's resolve. Because, you know what? Let's wait until we get... We got a lot of Skylar to talk about. Let's we wait got, until we get to the bathroom. We got some sister slapping. We, oh, got, yeah. we got some uh, bathroom floor vigils going on. Let's, 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 let's put a pin in this subject until we get to there. Okay. Uh, then let's move on to... The Badger and Skinny Pete of this episode, uh, Huel and Kuby break into the uh, storage facility where Walt keeps his money, and they use it as a bed. Yeah. Uh, Great scene. I thought it was hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, did you notice that uh, Michelle McLaren, who directed this episode, and she's one of the all-time great uh, TV directors, all-time great Breaking Bad directors. She had a lot of fantastic shots in this episode. She had the uh, merry-go-round cam. She had the barrel cam. She had the GPS screen getting his fucking screen smashed in cam. Mm. She and and she said in the Insider cast that she deliberately filmed these two as if they were a couple laying in bed, hmm. you know, having like pillow talk. Uh-huh. And I thought that was just a really good decision because this is. You know, as the Star Trek scene was in the week before, really our only respite from the overall grimness and, and gut-churning nature of this episode. Yeah, the tension in this episode, man. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was really happy to see this this uh, release, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was funny. I mean, <laughs> Mexico is all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> and then, I, man, I, I was a big fan of Ducktales back in the day, that Scrooge McDuck one Scrooge really McDuck got reference. Me. Oh yeah, yeah. Shall we sing the Ducktales song? No, we shall a du- not. A, a duet. <laughs> no, we shall not. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we move on to 
another uh, tense scene where Walt and Saul are waiting for his money to show up. And they're trying to get a hold of Jesse at the same time. And they talk about what Hank knows and what Skyler can give up. And Saul suggests that they send Hank on a trip to Belize. What do you think about the uh, trip to Belize, huh? Why is everybody you talking? You want to go on a trip to Belize? I do not want to go on a trip to Belize. <laughs> Why is everyone talking about a trip to Belize as if it's some kind of criminal haven? I remember uh, there's a season one uh, Justified episode, uh, Long in the Tooth, where the dentist was talking about you know fleeing with uh, a bunch of gold and his dental assistant down there. Uh, I actually right. looked it up because I was curious, and it turns out Belize is the last place you want to go as a criminal. Uh, there's actually an article uh, talking about how they're the most friendly, they're the friendliest to law enforcement of all the South American countries. Uh, so if you're, uh, I don't, I'm not sure where did the where did the Nazis, uh, war criminals go? Is it uh, Germany? No, <laughs> no, that's, that's not where they go. They go to uh, not Panama, Brazil, don't they? Brazil? Do they I don't go know. to Brazil. I don't know, man. Uh, so so ago. yeah, I'm, I, if you can murder millions of people and get away with it, I would say that uh, if your body counts in the low dozens and you got a couple million dollars of cash, that's where you want to go. Yeah, but okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that you're glossing over this fact, uh, taking it for granted, but. Trip to Belize does not mean trip to Belize. Of course. This. Okay. Okay. It didn't sound like you understood that from what you were saying, but you do. No, you just, yeah, didn't, I do. You just didn't mention it. Okay. I just thought it's interesting that everybody's mentioning that as a getaway spot, even if it's tongue in cheek. Really, we're talking about murder. Yes. Okay. Good. If you were Good. Walter, would I send Hank on a trip to Belize? No. No. I'm saying what? How would you? Would you just go bury the money in the desert, or it seems like there's better ways. It's not a bad idea. Like, can't you I take guess? the van and then go and buy a boat with it and then take the <laughs> boat to the Grand Cayman Islands, deposit all your money into a, a numbered account? Overnight? Go to, go you're going to do this? Yeah, why not? You're going to buy a boat. First, you're going to find someone willing to I'm not going to go into the boat. desert and dig a fucking Olympic sized swimming pool. <laughs> because I think, at the end of the day, my money's buried in the goddamn desert. Yeah, but you can There's get... not an ATM in the world that can help you get that cash. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, then, you, then you book a flight to an extradity or a country that doesn't sign on to the extradition treaty, and you're good. I don't know, man. You've got some crazy ideas about how to hide some money. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. I'd dig a hole in the desert. All right. There you go. Uh, speaking of digging holes in deserts, that's exactly what Walt does. Um, after Huel and QB show up with the money... Uh, Walt gives them and Saul a payment, and then he drives off with the money to the desert where he buries it. What do you think of the look between uh, Walt and uh, meeting a man and the gingerbread man? Uh, he's counting you, it up. Yeah, what do you think? Um, a lot of people were like, they were kicking themselves because they didn't take cash. I took it the opposite. I took it that that was uh, very much... Uh, Oh man, Hank is, or Walt yeah. assumed they took some fat stacks, and he's actually cool with it under circumstances. And they're like, "Shoo, we got away with it." Yeah, there's more than meat in Huel's pockets now. <laughs> it's lined with money. More than meat, more hundreds. than sausage fingers, more than a palm rice and cigarette. <laughs> yep, there's some fats. There's stacks on deck. There are man in those pants and, and Kubi too. He's got it lined up. Well. Not nearly as many stacks on deck because he doesn't have as much pants to work with. <laughs> Yeah, he, they both have two pockets, so I assume they both took two stacks. I just figured that, like, when meeting a man collapsed onto 
<laughs> when he collapsed onto the pallet of money, like, just the sheer force probably wedged uh, some of those stacks into the folds. Uh, when, he gets nah. in, when he gets in the shower, it's just going to be, like, making it rain. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, yeah, walks out to the desert, buries the money. It takes a while. But in the meantime, Skylar is trying to get a hold of Walt. She can't find him. But Marie and Hank show up. Uh-oh. Yeah, she lets Marie in to talk, and Marie figures out that Skylar knew about Walt's uh, criminal dealings long ago. Long ago. And tries to kidnap Polly. Not yeah. a good idea, Marie. Uh, you, uh, a child is not a spoon, Marie. <laughs> Holly will not fit in your purse. <laughs> no matter how much you shove. Uh, wow. That was hard. That was a hard scene to watch. It was. It was. And I feel like the Villigan, you know, we've always made fun of, or not made fun of, observed, uh, the angelic Holly, how she only cries when it's dramatically appropriate. Yep. I almost feel like that was a deliberate ploy by Villigan, because he had this in his back pocket. Like, you know, when she has this meltdown, I'm going to save it for some emotional punch. (laughs) And it was, you know, horrific. I kind of understand where Marie was coming from. But goddamn, seeing someone trying to steal your child is a visceral. Like, I'm kind of surprised uh, Skylar didn't start raining some haymakers down on her herself. Well, she was she holding, was holding the baby. her child. Yeah. Before. What's Marie going to do? You She's going to drop some bows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I don't, Stop hitting your baby. Stop hitting your baby. <laughs> That's what sisters do to each other. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I, I see both sides of what's going on here, and both of them have very strong motivations uh, for wanting to take this child with them, uh, or, you know, leave it here, as it may be. Uh, I just couldn't help but think this entire time that this is exactly how Walt felt when Skyler wouldn't let him see the kids. Oh, yeah, it's something to make you crazy. Yeah, so, so it's, it's turned about fair play here. I mean, is that is she getting what she deserves as far as that goes? Oh, I suppose that's one way to look at it. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, uh, I'm really, really so happy. I was, I was very worried that Hank wasn't going to call bullshit on this whole thing. Oh, I know. But he busts down the door. Uh, little B and E, and he st- he puts an end to the kidnapping. Well, I so B and E not as bad as kidnapping, <laughs> right? Hank knows that, and he puts an end to it. Yeah. Plus, he's like Marie. If you, if you steal the baby, should, we can't admit her into evidence. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, which who had the better brawl? Hank versus I mean, they're both vicious hits. Like Hank versus Walt, ver, ver Marie versus Skyler. Oh. Vicious sucker punches that came out of nowhere. Yeah, so the punch to Walt's face took him to the ground. And I imagine getting hit by Dean Norris oh, is like getting hit by a oh, Mack truck. Oh, shit. Walt did worse to himself with the linoleum floor this episode. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But a Dean Norris punch is like a punch from... A ham fist? No, it's like a literal a, heavenly ham. A five. It's like a pound. punch from Galactus. It's like <laughs> that, a cosmic punch. A cosmic punch. Okay. Yeah. Although that slap from Marie was pretty fantastic. I I felt like it was real. 
Mm-hmm. Even though I know from the Insider podcast that they opted not to actually make contact. Yeah, apparently that's a pro tip that fake slaps look better than physical slaps because people instinctively pull back on if you're really slapping somebody. Yeah. I have an idea for a YouTube video. No, 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 no. I want you to slap me as hard as you can. Oh, okay. I'm... Oh, you no, know, I wouldn't... I'd destroy you. Come on now. It's like a Dean Norris yeah. punch. Uh, you, I mean, how many views do you think we get on that? Uh, not enough to justify it, probably. <laughs> uh, I was kind of curious. It's kind of like the, you know, for The Walking Dead, where I put the knife blade against my the bridge of my nose uh-huh. to see how bad that fucking hurt. I kind of want to know what it feels like to just have someone haul off and slap you. Never had the, pre- the privilege, the pleasure. Wow. All right, you hear that, fans? We're meeting up in exactly nine days. <laughs> in Seattle. In Seattle. Aaron's never been slapped. Everyone line up. We'll sell tickets. <laughs> Five bucks a slap. A dollar a finger. It's a steal. And we'll post the whole thing on YouTube. There you go. Uh, next scene. Walt digs a massive hole and buries the barrels of money. And then he memorizes the GPS coordinates smashes the GPS unit, and buys a lottery ticket with the coordinates on it. Super smart. Super smart. So smart that I feel like it's probably going to come back and bite him in the ass. And we've got got some listener takes on that, which I will tread tread lightly on. Okay. Um, This is also the scene where he goes home, he strips down first to his tidy whiteies. Whoa, 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 whoa. I gotta ask you. What? Okay. What... Did you have a problem with the logistics of this? Uh, a man in his condition, of his age, digging this size of a hole in the time that uh, we were showed elapsed. So, because a lot of not people really calling, not a lot, but some people are calling bullshit on it. I'm, I feel like maybe it was a bit of a stretch, but I I don't honestly care about that stuff at this point. Mm. Like, this is not Walt's master plan pulling off perfectly without a hitch. This is just him digging a freaking hole. If it takes a night, if it takes a week, what's the difference? Yeah, I feel like it felt... I mean, yeah, I joked about it being an Olympic-sized swimming pool, but it's within, you know, kind of like, is it bigger than a bread basket? It's kind of in that ballpark of what you feel is just possible if a person is motivated by manic desperation. <laughs> yeah. And, like, anytime he felt his his uh, strength flagging, all he had to do is look at those giant barrels of money and the fresh terror of being caught and brought up on federal charges and all your entire life that you flushed down the toilet and your family's life being invalidated mm-hmm. probably would fill you with a nice switch, a nice, nice jolt of terror. I would think so, yeah. And motivate you onward to uh, finish digging that hole. Yeah. Speaking of Walt... Uh-huh. What do you think he would have done if he were there when Marie had stopped by and, tr- and she's tried to make off with Holly? Uh, he wouldn't have let it happen, certainly. I mean, he would have been just as angry about it as uh, Skyler was, I think. I think he'd have busted out the mercury fulminate. <laughs> <laughs> and I want $35,000. <laughs> <laughs> he blown the windows out. Hank's up. Hank's ears bleeding on the sidewalk. Walt sticks his head out. Everyone. Tread lightly. <laughs> no, seriously, I have got a bunch more of this uh, mercury fulminate, and it's it's extremely sensitive to any vibrations. Please tread lightly. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that would have been messed up. Real messed up. 
uh, give him probably something to cry about for sure. <laughs> definitely. Speaking of Walt uh, and crying, there's a scene where he goes home, he strips down to his tidy whities and collapses in the bathroom. And when he falls over and hits his jaw and his teeth on the linoleum, oh, I just. I cringe every time I watch that. His kneecaps bounce, man. Oh, his kneecaps. Yeah, I didn't even see those. Uh, I mean, I, I I watched that several times. And every time, I remember, because when I first came in, you were uh, watching and finish up your notes. And it was at that scene. And, yeah. like, we both, I mean, we've seen this, like, three, four times now. We're both like, ooh. <laughs> Do, I mean, did they build, like, a special fucking stunt floor? Like, spring-loaded? or exactly what I was wondering. Because... Otherwise, Cranston just like took five years off his knees, man. <laughs> he like dislocated patellas and and like you said, that yeah. could have been good to hit his head on that either. No, no. Did they? Can you build a stunt floor? I mean, it didn't like wobble or. Yeah, it didn't look like it get it like it gave at all. And I have, do you do that with CG? Is that an effect? Well, I mean, it's like, it's crazy because... Did they pad up his goatee for him? They do so many weird things. Like, I've always wondered how you do that to a baby. Where you've got people screaming and yelling at each other and a baby's crying. Turns out that's a fake baby. Yeah. That they pipe in crying that's totally unrelated. Like, when the baby's crying, they just have a recorder on hand. And also, when it's real, Holly, they actually were stage yelling. They were actually speaking in a normal voice, but acting as if they're yelling, and then they loop in stuff ADR. So it's like, wow, you know, it's it's, and obviously they murdered twelve people in this episode, but they didn't really. So <laughs> of course, so they've got their little tricks, you know. Uh-huh. I, 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 yeah, I don't the know. stuff where you see like close-ups, though, it's just so. Oh, it, I'm telling you, it I it's a bone rattler. It's yeah. a bone rattler. Uh, such a bone rattler that Walt. Totally goes out. I assume for hours he's out. I don't know. But anyway, when he wakes up, he's on the floor in the bathroom, and Skyler's asking him about the cancer. He decides he's just going to turn himself in. Good guy, Walt. He's going to turn himself in and tells her to keep the money and pass it down to the kids. Uh, As long as you do that, I'll turn myself in. And she tells him that Hank doesn't actually know all that much about what they've done, and they might be able to write it out if they stay quiet. Uh... Yeah. Um so let's let's have the Skylar debate now. Okay. This would actually be a perfect time to patch in Roger Dotsie's voicemail feedback. Yeah, you people, uh everyone that backed or Kickstarter need to to get on this uh phone line calling in because Roger will just take this shit over. It'll be the Roger Dotsie show and uh he'll he'll turn into Dominic. I mean look what he's done. Look at the Look at the damage he's wreaked on personal arrogance. <laughs> Those fuckers can't get a single week's respite with that Dotsie coming in and rocking the mic. Yeah, so he was the only guy who uh, sent us a voicemail from our Kickstarter campaign. So, uh, thank you, Roger. Here's what he has to say. Hey, guys. Roger Dotsie here. I was just calling to put in my two cents about Skyler. I- I- I'll say this is the first episode of Breaking Bad that... Skyler had me more interested each scene she was in than Walt and Jesse than anybody else. Every scene she was in, Anna Gunn killed it. Not to say the others didn't. Cranston and Paul, they did a great job, but what they did was kind of par for the course and predictable. But the way she did everything just had me on my toes the whole time. I was floored with every decision she made. Um, So I thought that was really cool. 
Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about is her motivations. Uh, I, the reason I was floored is because it's not what I expected. I thought even at this point, if she had an owl, she would take it. Um, then I thought, well, okay, maybe she knows that no matter what, if they do some digging, she won't be able to hide, you know. She will be implicated in this. But then the way she was acting, I think it's more than that. I think she is legitimately on Walt's side. The way Hank acted, the way Marie acted, just threw her off, made her realize, you guys do not know what's best for my family. I do. You haven't been here. You haven't seen it. This is me. This is our thing. We're doing this. That's my thoughts on her motivation, uh, I guess. So what do you guys think? Okay, so I've got a lot of thoughts here because this is kind of the subject near and dear to my heart. I feel like I I started as a person that really disliked Skyler, and then I found myself responding to what I consider over-the-top complaints about Skyler and, like, taking the devil's advocate and defending her, and then slowly turning to genuine admiration over the last season. And I had this weird experience where when she broke, basically broke bad, I started... It's weird because there's people on Facebook, like, cheering. Like, oh, didn't know she had a dinner, and she's, like, you know, backed her man and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I mean, she really is a hypocrite that has no real moral (laughs) compass and and all that stuff. But then I started thinking, you know, what has been the consistent thing that she's tried to do throughout everything? When she was thwarting Walt, when she was assisting Walt, when she was his unwilling... Uh, accomplice, it's all been shielding her children from harm. Not just harm like, you know, Walter's going to bring someone that knocks in the middle of the night to kill them all, but also psychic harm from, like, not knowing what scumbag your dad is, right? Yeah. So, this cancer is kind of changed in the calculus, because, like, if if Walt was totally in remission, and he'd get away with the scot-free and live for years and years and years... I don't know, maybe she would have cooperated with Hank. But you gotta look at this now where it's like it's like Walt said, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's what Hank kinda missed in his calculus. Like what is the point? This guy's gonna die, uh, you know, even if you put him in jail, uh he's gonna die of cancer. It's gonna be the same no matter what. He's probably gonna die before you can get him arraigned and put through the system so all you're doing is preventing walt jr uh you know you're destroying his memory he has of his father you're tarnishing uh what what holly's going to think as she's growing up you're depriving uh skyler and them of all the money i'm just saying it's like i can see how this is consistent with her i've got to put the kids first and do what's best for them and how she can see it kind of makes sense as moral calculus that she's doing here. And I also think that she still, at some level, loves and cares for Walt. That came across in this scene. Yeah, you're actually, I think, right about that. She she had talked a little bit about that on uh, Talking Bad after the show. Um, like her, the state of her and Walt's relationship. and uh, she She is not... She doesn't totally hate the guy, you know. Deep down, she says that there's always been this overriding love for him. Mm-hmm. So she she wouldn't have done everything she did. I mean, she could have called the cops that one time uh, and told them everything. 
She did call the cops. She didn't tell them anything. Um, one of our listeners, Mike, had an interesting take on this. She said, uh, he, he said, Skyler's last line in the scene where she and Walter on the bathroom floor was, maybe our best move here is to stay quiet, which is a very close analog to Walt's line uh, last week, maybe your best course would be to tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts about if the parity between these lines are intentional? Um, this is a scene where we really knew that she had broken bad, and now she and Walt are talking in similar ways. Uh, what do you think? I didn't catch that when I was watching it, but I actually think that's a pretty strong take. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, cause like, like you, I didn't catch it when I was watching it. Uh, it, sure. It's not bad. I mean, tread I mean, lightly, stay quiet. They're yeah. both kind of very, uh... That seems to be kind of the mode for them at the moment. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what... Lay low. That's what Walt was trying to do and getting out of the, the meth business, um is a, a big point in that factor. Right, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how quiet they stay. I don't know that they can stay quiet for too long. Right. I think Hank is going to make them do something. Yeah. Um, I, I, there were a couple things that I really liked about this scene, actually. Um, one is where Walt starts talking, and he starts thinking about what's happened and what... Like, Skyler asks, how did he find out? And he says, I I did it. It's because of me. Yep. And I think that goes a long way towards, you know, the, the Villigan karma that we talked about. Not not only is he going to uh, be with, possibly without his family, we see in the flash-forward stuff, uh, but he's the one who does it to himself. That's even worse. Mm. Uh, Radiohead, they knew all about it. <laughs> um, and the other thing is that I feel like everything Walt says while he's on the floor here in the bathroom is genuine. I don't think he's lying to Skylar at all. So he's spin. Seems, I don't think he's got the energy to lie. Exactly, and it seems like that idea that he has done this all for his family is very prominent on his mind at that point. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that him and Skylar have in, in common. And we've got a lot of good feedback on this too. So I'm trying to tread lightly myself. Okay, that's the other thing I want to mention about the plausibility of him digging that hole is that I felt like him collapsing to the floor in that dramatic fashion, the bone jarring way kind of made it post hoc believable. Yeah. Like, okay, this man stricken by cancer, there's no way, but if he expended every ounce of his energy to the point where he couldn't even get himself into the shower, couldn't even move. He he did manage to get down to his tidy He did wives. manage to get it down to his tidy It puzzles wives. me why a man with so much money and who who felt so much ego would still be wearing tidy whities I don't and get it. I don't I, understand it. I have a confession. Oh, God. Oh, no. So I don't want to know anything about your underwear. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's a cliffhanger for the listeners. <laughs> I have a confession. Don't tell me about your underwear. Have it your way. Let's move on. Let's move on to Lydia. We get to see Lydia for the first time in this episode um, in this scene. And she meets up with Declan in the desert to find out why his yield is so low, why his meth is terrible. It's because they're cooking in a freaking bus buried in the desert. That was right. that was amazing. Like, when they pulled that out, I was, I was so impressed with that. <laughs> um... It, it was kind of cool, and I like the idea is sound, but 
as Liddy pointed out, the, the place is filthy. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, you know, you think a fly is a bad contaminant? It's, it's <laughs> like, I wanted to call it the Underground Super Lab 2.0, but it's really the shit lab. Yeah. It's 1.0. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's, again, like I, I mentioned in the, the uh, Instant Take cast, like, it is actually, would probably be somewhat cheaper and easier to buy a large sewer pipe, cement sewer pipe. Yeah. Um, to bury that thing. And it would be safer and probably easier to keep clean and probably raise less eyebrows. And I'm just kind of, I'm shocked at how, what a poor criminal Declan turned out to be. He yeah, has no operation. He's, he's he, a gangster, he fuck, man. He, he's fucking, a he fucking blindfolds Lydia and drives her out there and lets her keep her cell phone. Uh-huh. Which, throughout this whole series, they've stressed, like, hey, if you want to be tracking your cell phone, take the fucking battery out. Sure. Even so, this episode. They did You know, that. and we, you know, it's like, yeah, Frisker, do whatever that stuff. And, you know, we got some feedback about some other ways to kind of get around this plot hole. But to me, mm-hmm. this scene was simultaneously one of the strongest parts and one of the weakest parts of the episode. Because I just... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it just didn't make sense. A lot of it made it seem like Declan was a really sloppy second banana, and maybe he was. It's Clearly second is, fiddle yeah. to, to Gus, right? Yeah, he is no Gus Frames. Oh, God, no. Not, not even close. Right. Uh, and the way that uh, Lydia treats this guy is an indication of that. I mean, if she had tried to puff herself up and act all tough with Gus, Gus would have let her think that... He was impressed by that and intimidated by that. And then behind her back, he'd be working to take her down. Or he'd get, jump into a uh, Tyvek suit and box cutter. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I, I really like her reaction to the underground bus and the underground meth lab because she, she's just incredulous. She can't believe what yeah. she's seeing yeah. in this, like, she... I'm really coming to like her as an actress in this series same, because same. she has this very, like stuttery way of making her point, but then she always makes a good point, and she's able to convince people that she's serious about whatever she's talking about. I just, I don't know. The, the way she delivers her lines is just really funny. Yeah, it's she's fantastic, and speaking of incredulous, her choice of foot gear, <laughs> uh, you know, or these, these Louboutins... Uh, uh, they're just like, you know, trying to strike oil every single time she <laughs> takes a step in the desert and trying to get these things, these, these fussy things down this rickety staircase. Yep. It's comic gold. Um, yeah. So they go down underground and then, uh, Ricky Hitler and his neo-Nazi family. I think you mean, up. uh, uh, Meth Damon. Meth Damon. That works too. <laughs> uh, I'm they show Damon. up and they just kill everyone. Yes. Everyone's dead. Uh, except Declan, who's crawling around up there for a while. Then they shoot him in the head. Yeah. Um, we don't really want to talk about how this all went down, right? Well, I mean... Do I, we? I think it's not that interesting, and I don't think we know. And, and I've kind okay. of made peace with it, because I've thought about... I thought a lot about this and Skyler on, on the way up from uh, Cincinnati to Indianapolis uh, this morning. And I kind of made peace with It's like, okay... What I really don't want to see is Billigan taking the kind of Brock bullshit uh, elderberry poisoning shortcuts we saw him doing at the end of season four to kind of tie it together. I'm not totally on board with that being a uh, super shortcut. Here's why. Here's why. Because 
I don't need to see the non-Walt plans. Sure. The way the show's always worked is we see Walt think his way out of it, and we see the actions, and we have as much information as as Walt does at all times. Yeah. He's kind of violated this with keeping the cancer from us, although I thought it was pretty obvious the way they shot it last year that his cancer had come back. Others disagreed, but whatever. The fact that this is a Lydia scheme, it kind of makes sense that we don't know the full extent of it, because... You know, our proxy into this world is Walt and Jesse. Uh-huh. So it doesn't feel like as much of a cheat if I really am honest with myself. Um, you know, so it's like, I guess I'm putting, you know, Villigan on notice and giving him a wag on my finger. It's like, you know, this is this is your limit of this kind of bullshit. But right. I'm, he's, I'm, I'm he's, cool. What he's do you think listening of, and frantically rewriting oh, well, thank the last God. four episodes. What do you think of the decision to not show the actual assault on Shit Lab? 1.0. I thought it was fantastic when that ah. when that single casing fell down through the the vent. Yeah, I was very impressed with the way they shot this scene. Yeah, I was actually frankly shocked that Michelle McLaren lobbied um, to actually show. I mean, I know she really gets off on filming action footage, but I thought it was so much more powerful and also did very good things to the Lydia character. That, you know, we started kind of dawning, like, oh, God, she planned this. And she's down there. She's covering. Yeah. And it's funny because she went through the, you know, hear no evil, see no evil uh, stages. And yeah. which was as a juxtaposition. Text because, no evil. Text no evil. <laughs> speak no evil. Uh, you know, because like, so Walt's motif is he plans all this shit. It goes down and he has like mock horror or outrage or, oh, it's a terrible thing. Lydia's thing is she does the same shit and she just can't deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the fact that uh, Todd kind of indulges her—do um, you think that's going to be a liability? I mean, uh, a liability I, with the uncles of anarchy. Uh-huh. Um, I never thought they they really respected Heisenberg that much, um, but the fact that she's really who who do neo Nazis respect? Really, come on. Well, I mean, but, but they—I guess they need her. To make money because it's the check that's paying the top dollar and that well now they but they that fuck now they got the market cornered yeah so now but that's what I'm saying like the mechanics of this deal it's like I don't I don't really care because if Liddy gets murdered by the uncles of anarchy next week I don't give a shit if they team (laughs) up to take down Walt that's going to be interesting but it's like I don't really care what individually happens to them except for what they illuminate about Walt's life and decisions and the way his life presumably ends. Yeah, and that's probably all they're there to do. Yeah, you know, they don't have the time that it would take to build up anybody except maybe Todd as a character that you would ever care about, but Todd is a ridiculously callous murderer mm-hmm. at this point. So mm-hmm. it's hard to feel... It would be difficult to feel bad for him in any situation. Yep. Uh, let's move on. Marie asks Hank why he doesn't uh, take what he knows to the DEA. I don't got the minerals. (laughs) He tells her that once he does, his career's over. Uh, In in what was maybe my favorite part of this episode, Uh, he he wants to have the proof that he can bring to them, and he also wants to be the man who catches Heidenberg. And and there's a little bit of that in there. I think we needed this scene too because this is something we've all been talking about. Like, but but this kind of stretches the this this you know really drives it home that you know Hank's career is over. One way or another, yeah. It's just uh, is he? Tr- he's trying to get this last vestige of honor 
by, you know, it's like I let everybody down, but at least I'm the one that broke the case. And I can, kind of like I can die on my sword. You know, it's interesting that you... What you just said got me thinking about the scene where Saul wants to send Hank on a trip to Belize. Uh, And Walt doesn't. Walt, Walt thinks he's doing Hank a favor by not killing him. Yes. He doesn't even consider the fact that he has destroyed Hank's career. I don't think he considers the fact that Hank has kept this to himself either. Kept... What to himself? The, the fact that all the suspicion in the case. Like, I feel like that Walt probably oh, has. Because yeah, yeah. he's saying, like, and were you followed? Of what if it were, you'd, we'd be all in cuffs right now. Yeah. I think he thinks the full might of the DEA is bearing down on him. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm sure he does. But even then, I mean, well, he, let me ask, he's destroyed this family, right? One also, way or another, his family is devastated. So, so Hank's pride, in a way, if... If Walt was as ruthless as he's thinking he was, Walt could have him and Marie whacked and get away scot-free. Yeah, yeah, at this point. So it's like his dragging his feet is kind of a, 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 I mean, not on the Walt scale of like murdering dozens of people, but it's, it's the same kind of sin, not the same magnitude. Because he could potentially let this crime go away by keeping it to himself and trying to be the hero. Yeah, yeah, or as Marie points out to him. And that's why I'm thinking, I think, and I wrote this in my mini-review, uh, or my instant review uh, that we post on Sunday night, um, I, I kind of feel like I wasn't a big fan of the Hank being killed. I kind of think that this is enough of dirty hands that he's probably going to get sucked into this downfall now, too. Yeah, I unfortunately think you're right. I really wish that Hank would have... As close to a happy ending as is possible. I mean, the fact that Marie is wringing her hands about this, I feel like, is the flashing neon sign of you're fucked, you're fucked, you're fucked, you're karmically fucked. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make the equivalent. I'm just saying that, you know, just like Walt, when he had the easy way out and the right way, he just had to suck his pride and do it Uh by accepting money from Gretchen. Um Hank has the moment that he, you know, he realized he was doing wrong. He could have come clean and done the right thing, and he's he's intentionally not done it and chosen the path of pride. But then he does it, right? Like, this, the next scene is him going into the office, calling a meeting with his boss. Well, there's been a lot of times where Walt almost came clean, and then something came through that he realized he could keep this shit going, and he kept All doing right. it. So, so you're saying once... He gets hint of Jesse. Yeah, you don't. Being you don't fucking get then. credit for good intentions. All right, fair enough. Uh, so I guess we should move into those scenes. You know, Hank goes back into his office after Marie convinces him by saying, "Hey, you could go to jail if the DEA catches Wall before you you tell them that you knew." Who are you more excited to see? Uh, his face, uh, Gomi or crazy wicked mustache dude? <laughs> crazy wicked mustache dude. I, I I didn't think you could hold a government job rocking handlebars that vicious. Uh, nothing in the rule book about that. <laughs> nothing. Guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Hanks. I'm just saying that you know Hanks not running the tightest of ships. Just because a guy's got a handlebar mustache. You know what it is? Is Hank is insanely jealous. Those little squiggly. <laughs> 
Those wispy whiskers that he's got. Yeah, the, the spider silk he's growing is can't hold a candle to this guy's mustache, man. This guy's competing in Germany for he's mustache. Got, he's got ears. more hair on his upper lip than Hank's got on his entire body. That's not true. Have you seen Norris's chest hairs? No, man? I have not. Have you? Oh, they're coming out of his shirt. Yeah, oh, really? I see him every time he's on screen. All right, no, I didn't yeah. notice that. The dude, I bet the dude could grow a good beard. No, uh, fuck He's no. just been sleeping on a furry pillow. I don't know. The only way to explain that is if he's got, like, a little bit of stubble and Marie, like, you know, rubbed the cotton ball on his face. Yeah, yeah, that's what I imagine it is. Okay. He's, you know, or he's maybe probably he just, not maybe showering. Just, maybe he just, like, uh, when uh, he really likes corn on the cob and he just shucked a bunch of corn he's got, like, corn soup all over his face. <laughs> Okay. It's floated up, and that's. I feel like people haven't noticed this, and they have no idea what if, we're talking about. If you got high depth, just look at it. Any yeah. of his scenes close up in space, look really look at his facial hair. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. All right, it's this weird coarse stubble with this fine silky hairs. Just we gotta move on. Direction. We've spent far too long talking about facial hair in this it's podcast. It's like a fucking reverse dandelion. <laughs> Instead of sprouting up, it's sprouting down. They're just going to blow away. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so Gummy says it's a conference call, but he mentions that, hey, Jesse's still around. Jesse's been actually brought in for tossing millions of dollars around the city. <laughs> That's a crime. Is no, that a crime? No crime. They That's just want to know where the crime. money came from. That's all. Wow. Uh, the, the two biggest chuckleheads I've ever oh seen are interrogating Jesse in this room. Uh... These guys are to law enforcement what <laughs> Surgery Simulator 2013 is to a medical degree. Okay? Like, I can't imagine them being worse at their jobs. Like, it's one thing if you were just doing this for your own fucking amusement. Uh-huh. Like, if I just saw some catatonic guy and I just started making fun of him. He's sitting at a park bench. You know, pigeons are shitting on him. And that would be pretty despicable for me to it just would. be... Shame on you. But if my job is to get a confession or solve a crime and I'm just heckling <laughs> a mentally disturbed person... Well, I wonder how long, your job, how long they've been sitting there. Have they been trying their hardest for hours to get any information out of them and they're the like, peak. fuck it. This represents it. the peak of their effort. Oh, so they're fresh. It's like the ten minutes in. Uh, I and mean, they've already resorted to heckling. I'm saying that when they were fresh, this is the, this is the performance that they're capable of. <laughs> okay. Uh, they do, however, hit on something that I thought was kind of awesome when oh. they ask him uh, if he's been out late, you know, winning in a card game, Lucky Night at Casino, which, you know, is exactly Walt's excuse for the money to uh, Hank. So oh. that was kind of cool. But yeah, Hank uh, asked him for a couple well, minutes. Well, if Hank's it, with Jesse. <laughs> if Hank's any indication, he could be like, oh, yeah, actually, I did win that, the playing cards and gambling. They just. Completely swallow hook, line, and sinker. Totally. Oh, say no more. Yeah, I don't think that excuse would work <laughs> anymore mm. with Hank. I don't know. So that's all I've got, man. I can't believe how they left it. It's such a cliffhanger. I yeah. wanted him to go in that room and do you think box Jesse? So, so we saw Hank completely overplay his hand and fuck up an interrogation this episode. Will he be able to rein himself in and play this smart with Jesse? Oh man! I'm asking to make a short, a short-term prediction. Short-term prediction. Next week, I think, I think he's got a really good shot at getting some information out of Jesse because Jesse is in a state 
that I think he's likely to give information out. Right on. Do you think, I thought it was interesting that when they're showing, they have like this one camera angle where it's like inside interrogation room, mm. looking at Jesse, looking through the window, there was this like metal grate and then Hank was on the other side. It was shot in such a way that it was very reminiscent of like a Roman Catholic confessional booth. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, by the way, what's the, the name of next uh, week's episode? Save it for the spoiler section. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the that's our part of this deal. That's it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of deals, Ooh. we got something we got to do real quick. We got one for the listeners. We do. We hey listeners, we can get you a free month over at audible.com. Oh, audiblepodcast.com. Sorry. Uh, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash bald move, you can get. A free month on uh, on Audible and a free audiobook. They have over 150,000 to choose from, so I'm sure you'll find something you like. I actually was browsing around and I saw uh, Roger Ebert's autobiography, which is kind of cool. I'm a big Roger Ebert fan. He's one of my favorite critics ever, and uh, I might check that out. Uh, I got another recommendation, kind of piggy ta- uh, piggybacks, piggy tails. Spider Swings on the uh, back of my previous recommendation, uh, Alan Seppenwall's The Television, The the Television, The Revolution Was Televised. Um, there's another book out by Brett Martin, and he's been doing the interview scene uh, uh, circuit of late, called Difficult Men Behind the Scenes of a Creative Revolution, from Sopranos and The Wire to Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Um, what's interesting about this is I think it's a good companion piece because... Uh, I'll be honest with you, I think Alan's book is a little bit more accessible. Um, a lot of people, uh, when I was reading uh, reviews, were a little bit disappointed in this particular book because they were expecting, I think, character analysis like Tony Soprano and Walter White and Don Draper and what it says about modern masculinity. This book's not so much about this. This book is a very in-depth, behind-the-scene look at the men who made these shows, uh, especially uh, David Chase and The Sopranos, but you also got Vince Gilligan, you got uh, Matthew Weiner, and it talks about you know how driven they are, how brilliant they are, and sometimes how nasty and petty uh, and kind of uh, temperamental they can be too, and how this all kind of fuses together with a bunch of you know uh, you know inside looks and and, and behind the scene details and stories of. of, of their early careers and how they got positioned to be in the success they are now. I think it's interesting. Uh, it's uh, about 10 hours and 18 minutes of listening and you can get it free at audiblepodcast.com slash bald move with our special offer. It's a secret to everybody or everyone or whatever those fucking things said in Zelda. <laughs> I don't remember. We're basically it's hiding a under a bush here hawking audible podcasts. <laughs> All right. It's better than uh, hundred rupees. So we pimped Audible. Do we have anything of our own to pimp? Bald Move Network, baby. Yeah. Uh, not only can you get all of our fine television coverage with uh, Tom and Kelly helping us out on Up Years Downstairs, they're on their Downton Abbey offseason, but that's not stopping them. They already uh, did Mr. Selfridge. They're rolling on to the Titanic miniseries. Boom. So go down with the ship. I think they've already them. done that, actually. Was that the last episode? I think they finished that up recently, yeah. Okay. Now I think they might be waiting for uh, Downton Abbey to come back. I don't think they're... I'm not sure. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they got next, because they just posted a new one. I thought it was the last one on Titanic then. Yeah, I think anyway, so. Anyway, uh, 
Uh, you can also check out the Person Arrogance guys in Seattle. We're going to be spending a week with them uh, next week. Um, which, by the way, if you want to meet us and the rest of the Bald Move crew, check out their uh, Facebook page. Uh, they've got a uh, HP Lovecraft-themed pub crawl that they're organizing. It's going to be a blast. Me and Jim are going to be there. We're going to be in character. I'm playing a doctor. I'm going to be administering shots of medicine. I'm uh, playing a cultist. You're playing a cultist. You're going to be oh, some yeah. kind of crazy asshole. <laughs> um, check that out. Also check out uh, Amy Susan and Gerald the Picasso show. Uh, I actually did a joint podcast with them covering Orange is the New Black last weekend, which should be coming out Thursday or Friday. Uh, they're hilarious. Um, they talk about uh, women's issues, health, relationships, sex, books. They just got back from Vegas where Susan interviewed a porn star. Um, it's a real good time. Check them out and all the rest of the Bald Move family. How can you support us? A uh, couple ways. Number one, leave us uh, reviews on iTunes. Um, I know you might go over there and think, well, you guys already have a lot. Uh, you don't need mine. But iTunes is all about recency. So, you know, it's not so much what you did for us last year. It's what did you do for us this week. And keeping us up there and the uh, notable and, and what's hot podcast helps us build our traffic. You can also use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com. I'm sure I don't need to explain how that works. Uh, you can also tell a friend. If you got a coworker, a friend, family member that's into quality television, and podcast, send them our way. We'll know what to do with them. Trips to Belize all around. <laughs> that sounded really sinister. Uh, good. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, here's all the people who we haven't sent to Belize yet. Yes. Giving us some feedback, right? Or bust to Honduras. Yet. A um, couple of notes from the previous show. Sully wrote in said, well, who do you guys have in a Skylar versus Lydia chick fight? Oh, it's not even a question. Right. Skylar. Skylar's got like a foot, 30 pounds, and six inches of reach on Lydia. And she's not in those ridiculous shoes. No. So <laughs> she's going to pile drive her right into the ground. Yeah. How tall yeah. do you think Anna Gunn is? Like, I, I feel like she's, she's like taller five, than Heisenberg. Or she's like five Cranston. foot ten, easy. I feel like. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. She's taller than me. Yeah, I'm five nine. All right. She's significantly taller than me. Do you think she could take you in a fight? Oh yeah. 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 She body. She could take me a slap. That for damn into, sure. Into the linoleum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she hits like a linoleum floor. Uh... <laughs> He continues, uh, he thinks that uh, in a bare-knuckle brawl, he likes Skylar, but Lydia's better equipped to deal with a third-party drone-type preemptive strike. But then if you do that, you, Lydia'd also have to deal with Walt, so maybe it's not Lydia's next move. Hmm. Uh, moving on to Nick CR. Our buddy Nick, uh, he's been with us since the beginning. Uh, runs his own uh, WordPress site at Tucker's tuckershole.wordpress.com. If you don't get the name, it's a reference to Tucker! Yeah. Uh, come on, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, you'd get that reference. I would hope so. Uh, he runs an awesome site. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. He wrote in, I'm wondering what Lydia's motivation is. She's always concerned about her daughter and obviously not being caught. When she gave Walt the ten names, she was pretty much in the clear. So she pits the idea of selling meth to the Czech Republic. Now she comes back and is in panic, be- in panic because the quality of meth has dropped and there are lots of moving parts. She's under pressure from somewhere. From where, though? She could have stopped and Walt did if she wanted to, but she keeps going. Something's forcing to her, and I really want to figure out what it is. What are your thoughts on that, Jim? Uh, she's got dollar signs in her eyes, I think. 
I think that's what it is. I, I don't think she needs the money, but she wants the money. Yeah, I feel like when she's in the diner pitching, you know, where Walt brought the rice in. Uh, I was going to take her out, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that she she basically got the Heisenberg gene. She, she's got this mundane talent of being fucking really good at logistics. Moving and, her nose really weird. And, and wiggling her nose really yeah. weird. Maybe the two are conjoined somehow. And she <laughs> gets off on using that to um, do an impressive criminal empire, just like Walt likes using his mundane skill of chemistry to do the same. He's exceptional. Okay. They're ex- like She's just a paper pusher in a real world. But, I mean, I don't know what the female equivalent of Heisenberg, like uh, uh, Anne Curry... <laughs> Maybe uh, in her guise of that, she is the best in the world at what she does. Okay. So I think that's a motivation. Yeah. Chris says, uh, hey guys, just got to listen to your first podcast. You mentioned at the end as to why the purity of the meth is such a big deal in the show. When Walt is talking to Declan about letting Declan, wait a second, De- Declan, De- he's this, I'm, I'm, I'm having a... <laughs> I'm having uh, Blade Runner flashbacks here. Uh, when he's talking to Deckler, De- yeah, it's Deckler. <laughs> it's Declan. Thank Christ, I've, I, yeah. I can't say it anymore. All right. When the show's talking to Declan about letting Declan sell, when Walt is talking to Declan about letting Declan sell Walt's product, um, Declan plays the part of the audience asking, meth addicts don't give a shit, so why should we? Walt explains to Declan that Declan's method is around 68 to 70 cent pure, which isn't a crappy high, but the purity reflects yield too. So Declan is actually making money selling Walt's 99% because there's more to sell. That's a good point, and also yeah. explains why it would be important for the Czech Republic, because you're moving a quantity of product that's illegal across international lines. Yep. It's better for you for that to be as concentrated as possible, because that's more profits, less risk. Yeah, so it's makes, essentially makes, the same amount of meth in a smaller And format. it shows why Declan really doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Although and it shows still, why he's a joker. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's giving away 30% of his profits, essentially. Exactly, and he and, doesn't see that as a big problem. Yeah, doesn't even give a shit. But Lydia does. A $50 million problem. Uh, Charity and Ben says, uh, Charity and Brian tag team us and say, uh, in last episode, uh, Skinny Pete and Badger were talking about five parsecs. Out and 12 Rigels. Does this code into season 5, episode 12? Oh. Could it be that in se- the season 5, episode 12, the season 6 real oh shit moment? moment? <laughs> Is that when Walt loses his family, fakes his death, kills Jesse? And if you've looked at the spoilers of the episode title, you can kind of see where maybe some of those theories could possibly fit in with that. I'm sensing... A season four moment where I had this theory about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. But, but yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. We, by the way, we had a lot of, um, we had a lot more of those Star Trek takes and we just don't have time to read. In fact, my favorite one is actually something that my, one of my coworkers came up with, uh, um, and I had to cut it too. Uh, unfortunately, I think his was really good, but. This week's episode invalidated a big part of it, so it's like it, uh, it, it's yeah. painful. It's a painful cut, but we actually we actually had Hank as the role of Uhura, <laughs> and, 
And I can uh, see that. Skyler was Scotty trying to twiddle the bits and launder the money, and Hank got a little too close, and she started sweating and gave up the whole operation. All right. Clearly, yeah. She she stood she 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 uh, no sweat at all when those big pointers came her way. Definitely not <laughs> when those uh, spider silk whiskers came her way. <laughs> uh, Gavin says the assault rifle. Oh oh, watch out! Got a big time prediction staking out some ballsy stuff here. Okay, the assault rifles for Elliot. Walt's going to walk into Grey Matter to kill Elliot or hold him hostage and make Elliot admit publicly to using Walt's work to start his business empire. Then Walt will take the rice himself rather than go to jail. Whew. Ah, yeah. That is as ballsy as it is not likely to be true. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't really care to see any more about Elliot and Gretchen. I feel, like I've said before, like I've got enough of that story. You think we're done, huh? We're good. Yeah. We're done. Yeah, you're done, well, Elliot. You hear me? I'm going to bold this. You're to done. Remind me to talk about this in the spoiler section because I've got some cross examination I'd like to subject you to. Okay. Greg says, I think we've all glossed over a piece of story telegraphed fairly clearly by Marie when driving with Hank after they leave the White House. Europe, I can't believe. Oh, my God, Jesus, Europe, and, uh, and imagine where they were three or four months ago. Was this a discussion by Skylar telling the plans for the family not to travel but to move overseas? Is it an exit strategy or safe for safety of Walt wanting to, or Walt wanting to be closer to his new meth market? Mm, I, I don't, don't see think it's it, the latter. I definitely don't think it's the latter. Walt wants to be as far away from meth as possible. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, are you with me in saying that I don't want to see Walt go back to cooking this this season? Definitely, I yeah. don't see. There's no point. He's done yeah. that three times now. Yeah, uh, and that's not what's interesting. We've we've yeah. already wound up this machine. We just want to watch it play out, and I think that would be <laughs> that would be a move in the wrong direction. Definitely, but we could be wrong. The other, the other thing is, think about the context there that that conversation is taking place in. Hank couldn't give a shit about Europe and and Walt and <laughs> Skyler going there. He's this is the most ridiculous conversation. In the world to him at that point. I don't know. It, the only thing it, it would kind of tie into the French Connection movie, you know, where Hank chases chases uh, Walt across the globe and then waves. Hank has just discovered that his brother-in-law <laughs> may be the biggest meth dealer in the United States. I don't in think Europe. he cares about whether they're going to Europe or not. All right. Uh, new material, and I apologize if I butcher your name. I'm going to do my best. Uh, Safe Ahmed uh, wrote in on Facebook, said there's so many lost references here with the hatch and the numbers. Mm. Thank God, which is ironic, giving the poetic meaning of Lost's ending that Villigan has confirmed the ending will be decisive. You're a big Lost fan. What'd you make of the hatches and the numbers and the craziness? I made up. I didn't even think about it. Really? Yeah, for some Fuck reason. I... But it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. Just gotta get uh, a crazy Scotsman somewhere in the mix here, <laughs> pressing a button over and over. Graham writes in, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but if you search the coordinates of Walt's money stash... Uh, on Google Maps, these are actually the coordinates to what might be their studio in Albuquerque. In fact, it is. Yeah, Vince Gilligan confirmed that in The Insiders, so good job on you smoking that out before it was common knowledge. Uh, I actually looked at this, too, because it was, it was hot-linked on Reddit, and there's also a building extremely close that's labeled as the D- local DEA branch. Hmm. Is that just people taking the piss? 
Or is <laughs> it that... might be if it's on Reddit. Well, no, I mean, but Could it's actually somebody just fucking with submitted it and it got through the Google thing. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe uh, uh, Larry. What's what's the page? Larry Page and Yuri Walk Walkwist. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, Yuri Gregorin. Uh, they're big Breaking Bad fans. And also the owners of Google. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Sean wrote in, just wanted to see if you guys noticed Walt picked up Mike's universal symbol for keys, scumbag. Oh. So many great callbacks this episode. I did not catch that, but yeah, that's a very strong comeback and very entertaining. Carlos says, I think I figured out the ending. Going back to what you said about how Walt has to end where he started losing all his money, only this time he also has no family. So having realized that he's lost everything, he simply waits for the cancer to run its course. But in, I think, an ironic twist, his body will beat the cancer. (laughs) So having nothing left except his health, he goes out in a blaze of glory, a.k.a. the M60, taking down Todd and his entire family, destroying everything he created because of Walt can't be king, no one can. Thus going out in true Scarface fashion. That'd be fitting for Walt. You know, I mean, he he thinks he's going to die... He can't even do that. He's powerless to die. So he tries to take the power back and go kill a whole bunch of people. Right on. I, I can see that. Evelyn says, did you notice that Walt buried the money like Mike used to? Another idiosyncrasy that Walter White has adopted from one of his victims. Absolutely right. I didn't think of it. Um, yeah. Uh, using the desert drop, this is more of a permanent base. It's more of a deposit than a drop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richard wrote in with a depressing comment, so Holly's definitely going to die, right? Mary, Marie abducting her is going to be one of those scenes where upon second viewing, you'll wish she had gotten away with it. Holy no. shit. <laughs> that is a brutal, brutal twist, if that's indeed what the Villigans... Does he got the balls to kill a toddler? Uh, he had the balls to kill... Drew, a holy young, shit. A young kid. Yeah. Not super young. I think he might be able to kill a toddler. Sure. Man. And imagine that scene on Dude. on second viewing. Dude, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> if know. That's the case. I don't know my I don't know if my little dad heart can take it. <laughs> uh Matt C says, in regards to your thoughts during your instant take podcast and how Lydia and Todd orchestrated a hit on Declan, I think it's very likely that Todd already knew the locations at Declan's meth lab since he's been cooking for him previously. All Todd had to know is when Lydia was planning uh on being there and he and his uncle's crew could make his way right behind her. It doesn't necessarily have to tail or track in that scenario. I don't know that I agreed that take, Matt C, because my reading of it is when Heisenberg said, I left you a viable operation, he's talking Todd, the methylamine, or Todd and the Vominos cook. Yeah. Um, and this, this Declan thing is more like what he started doing. Yeah, I, so, so think of that through. If Todd set a fire in the Los, in the Vominos pet control, <laughs> uh, scheme, he basically almost burnt some dude's house down. Yeah. So I can see where Declan would be a little nervous, and he's saying that, you know, I tried it Heisenberg's way, I think he's referring to that, now this is my way, which is the opposite. This is quick and dirty and, and back to just cooking what works. Yeah, and if you set a fire off in someone else's house, the, the jig is up. I mean, all of your equipment is going to be in that house when the fire department comes to investigate. That's true. And they're going to know exactly what's going on. That is very true. So maybe not 
a super great idea. He also said that you guys happen to notice the jacket that Todd is wearing is very similar to the one Walt is wearing during the flash forwards. Uh, so this is drawing similarity between the Jesse and Walt jacket theory that we talked about last week. The problem with it is that if you look at the screen captures real close, is that the the jackets are different color and like Todd's got the what do you call those member only floppy things on the shoulder epaulots tassels tassels <laughs> some kind of French <laughs> words is probably I have no idea. Um, and and Heisenberg's does not, and the collar's different, so. You know, you can kind of see the similarities between Jesse and Walt, but just the Walt and Todd are a little bit too far for me. Uh, Isaac says in season three, episode twelve, entitled "Half Measures," Mike told Walt a story in which he took a half measure regarding a young, one young woman who's a victim of recurring domestic violence. Sure. Mike said he's just trying to do the right thing, and he tempted to scare the big guy into not hurting her anymore, uh, rather than uh, murking him. Now Hank finds himself in the same situation. When he talks to Skyler in a restaurant, he lets her know about his plans for Walt and how he'd like her to handle the situation, pretty much taking his own half measure, but not going all the way, meaning arresting Walt. Um, As we come to find out, uh, Mike regretted his half measure. Does this mean that Hank, a cop, took a half measure with Walt and will eventually kill Skyler, or that Walt will eventually kill Skyler for whatever reason? I... What is the full measure in that case? To kill yeah. Walt? Or what? Yes. I, he says arrest Walt, but that wouldn't do any good because that would just no. get, at this point, Hank reprimanded. Saul would destroy them and Hank would be, <laughs> or Walt would be out on the streets within minutes. Yeah. Because uh, he doesn't have the piece that connects it all. Or the piece is. Could so Hank look, kill Walt? Would that be the best thing to do? I hope not. I don't think it's in his character, honestly. That's why. Yeah, that's why I really hope not. Because yeah. I, I don't feel like he would ever do anything like that. Uh, it wouldn't be cool to see Hank in jail for killing Walt. That would suck ass. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brett, why is there or why was there any connection at all to Lydia and her check operation and Declan and his Phoenix operation? The two have nothing tying them together except for the fact that Walt was the master cook for both of them. Lydia comes complaining to Declan about the quality of his meth, but why is she even getting her meth from Declan in the first place? Walt, as mentioned in previous episode, left Lydia with a viable operation, an operation that includes the Vominos front, tons of superior lab equipment packed neatly away in roadie crates, and an ocean of methylamine. And, of course, Todd, who may be a mediocre cook, but is better than what Declan provides, and he knows Walt's setup. Um, I think you answered your own question, because if I recall correctly... Uh, Walt, part of Walt being out was selling the remaining methylamine to Declan. So now Lydia has got the check connection, and that's it. Declan actually has the means of production and the raw materials. That's the way I understood this setup. And Declan just doesn't give a shit. Well, maybe the, the only question I would have is what happened to Vomino's Pest, if that's the case. They caused structure fires and got <laughs> shut out of the, down in business. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I figured that, you know, Declan just got tired of fucking with it and went on its way, and now Vominos went back to being a legitimate pest operation. Yeah, well, I, semi-legitimate. They're still B&E guys. <laughs> they are, yeah. Uh, Double A, Aaron writes in, The Todd Factor is going to be interesting for the rest of the way. As you guys notice, he's a cold-blooded killer, no doubt. 
by also being a naive little boy and a bit of a dumbass. He seemed to be totally loyal to Walt last season, but we know so little about him and nobody saw some things coming, like shooting a kid. His uncles might be holding all the cards at the moment, and that's clearly going to be one of the converging pieces later, but we have to wonder where his motivations will lie. What do you think? Todd? I think Todd is certainly going to play in uh, as a factor. I think they've they've shown too much of him and his uncles not to at this point. How? I don't really know. The, the only connection there is between... I feel like at some point Lydia is going to get nervous about what Walt knows because now Hank knows. She's going to find out and then she's going to have, you know, Todd and his goons roll in and try to muscle Hank or muscle Walt. Mm. Maybe try to kill Walt. Because uh, she she really didn't like the loose ends with, you're right. with the people in prison. You're right. She was all. I mean, shit. She that was to, her thing. She tried to put a hit on Mike for Christ's sake. Yeah. So but she gets a little. She gets a little wild and crazy. <laughs> and obviously, she has no problem ventilating dudes. Absolutely. Because in her, I mean, she's got the for same, that very reason. She's got the Heisenberg complex. She's she she wants to be the best at her mediocre her mundane skill set, and she's protecting her family and her little girl. Yeah. Uh, Adam Z wanted to share an article from Wired Magazine that posits a few interesting theories. Uh, I'll put the link to this in the show notes. There's seven theories in total. The one that he thought was most interesting was a comparison to Breaking Bad and the Hamlet to the Hamlet story arc, uh, with Jesse being the prince of Denmark, Walt taking the role of Claudius, Mike as the murdered king, which is Hamlet's father, Skylar being Gertrude. Again, it goes on and on. Uh, he's got a comparison to, uh, Skinny Pete and Badger as Rosencrantz and uh, Gilderstern. It's got uh, Jane cast as Ophelia. Um, it's super interesting, except for our problems with it is it all ends with everybody basically taking the rice, and, which I don't see happening. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm with you there. My, my bigger problem, though, is that they compare uh, John Delancey. They say that John Delancey will come back in, in some role, I I don't know what the comparable character is. Yeah, to avenge Ophelia, to avenge uh, Jane, and take out Jesse. Uh, I I don't I don't know about that. I I need to save that for the spoiler section because I have a little bit of rebuttal that ties into the previous one. Okay, moving on. Uh, But yeah, check out that link if you'd like. I'll put it in the show notes. It's on Wired.com. You can probably search Wired.com. Uh, breaking Bad Theories and get to the same place. Uh, Ellen says, Wikipedia's page says the Purple's most common connotations are royalty, nobility, and among other things, Mardi Gras. So I'm predicting that Marie will crack under pressure, run away to New Orleans, and be the queen of the Mardi Gras parade. There, she can purple the shit out of herself. <laughs> purple clothes, purple hair, purple glitter, purple vajazzling, purple meth, whatever <laughs> floats her boat, or in the spirit of the parade, whatever floats her float. Did she just say vajazzle? Yeah. God, I'm dazzling your vajazzle. I know. I've only ever heard that term on Top Gear. <laughs> I've never heard anyone else say it. Maybe she's a Top that's, Gear that's fan. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I will say that I think Marie was the most attractive I can remember her looking in this episode. So if she goes <laughs> down to Mardi Gras rocking the shirt that she wore, uh, talking to Hank at the dinner table there, I feel like she could get to score some purple beads if, if nothing else. Probably so. Probably so. I, I don't know. Uh, Thomas says, To me, the Villigan is used in this episode to define the team's her final act. 
Walt and Sky, Team Blue versus Hank and Marie, Team Purple versus Little Ricky Hitler and Lydia, Team Panzer Gray. <laughs> Panzer Gray, I like that. Uh, I think you just unseated uh, Uncles of Anarchy. Uh, that's a great nickname, Team Panzer Gray. Uh, the final team is <laughs> the final team is evidence of the foolishness of Walt thinking he can simply step away. This is a reminder to Walt that. Uh, he was a top dog in a dirty, ruthless, illegal business, and that, with this sort of money at stake, other competitors might be more violent or more cunning. I think it's becoming obvious that the Chilean and Mexican storylines are dead. Agreed. Yeah, I totally. mean, they're paring down, paring down, paring down. We're not seeing that shit coming back. Uh, it's also becoming obvious that Jesse's the wild card. Walt has a history that we've seen that should make him deplorable in our eyes, but is the Billigan setting us up for a final act? where we will be pulling for Walt because he will be facing an even more deplorable and less familiar Team Panzer Gray. Uh, this is shades mm, of uh, no. of uh, us rooting for Avon Barksdale over Marlowe Stanfield in The Wire. Like, you know, you think, he, okay. you think all drug dealers yeah, yeah. are created equal and then fucking Marlowe starts filling up bacon. So I'm like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. This guy needs to be stopped. For sure. Uh, uh, but but I don't think they're I don't think that's what they're setting up here. I think they're setting up pressure for Walt. Yeah, because it's 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 counter to what Villigan is trying to do to make us feel sympathy. You know, any kind of relative yeah. sympathy for Walt. Yeah, it's not. It's ultimately I, their story. It's Walt's story. Yeah, I mean, I it's see, not about Ricky. Yeah, I mean, I see as fans, there's a lot of people that want to root for Walt and looking for ways to make him redeem and, and be more likable. But I just don't think that's Vince's. Agenda. Uh, certainly not. Christopher says, when Walt comes home and buries his money, or from burying his money and passes out on the bathroom floor, almost naked in front of Skyler without saying anything, it reminded me of how he came back home in the first season after his first run-in with Crazy 8 in a mobile meth lab. Both times he sleeps on the bathroom floor, both times she doesn't know he has cancer, except this time he comes back home from a task that I saw as a sort of penance for his sins, as opposed to the first time where he came back weary from the sins he had committed. That's a strong, I mean, that's not really a theory or prediction, but it's a very strong take, and again, a nice callback. Mm-hmm. To, I just feel like that this kind of victory tour, or victory lap slash, you know, farewell tour the Breaking Bad's going on, it seems like they're very nostalgic, making these connections to previous episodes, the yeah. previous seasons, the previous characters in a deliberate way. And I wonder if that's their thing this season. You know, yeah. they always kind of have a thing each season that they try out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be what they're trying to do. Louis B. wanted to spin it forward a bit and had some questions perhaps you guys can help flush out. My first question is with Lydia. I was worried initially after she helped plan the ouster of Declan and his gang that she would go after Walt, but I don't know if she would. There's no question. There's no chance that she has Todd and the Uncles of Anarchy go after Walt or his family now, right? I guess I just don't see the angle here, but at the same time, I don't think we've seen the last of Lydia, Todd, or the Uncles. Yeah, so, like I said earlier, I it's mean... loose end. Yeah, Walt is a loose end. Who knows what she's willing to do. Right on. Uh, Bill said that either of you suspect that Marie was wearing a wire when she went to talk to Skylar. She sees it as evidence that Skylar uh, must have thought that, or maybe Skylar suspected this because she's kept silent through the whole thing. I think that's just, huh. if you've ever been in a situation like that, then who has? But if you can kind of be in a similar situation, 
your kind of mind locks up. You know, the you just can't make the words come out. Yeah, you just don't know what to say, so you don't say when anything. You're, when you're that wrong and to that raw of a grieved <laughs> party, it's pretty fucking intense. And I've never been that wrong to that aggrieved of a party, so... Yeah. Um, John says, the number of bill packets, or whatever they're called... Oh, okay. yeah, so... I don't want to read this because it's too long, and, um, and it's also covering ground that we covered in last uh, season's... I believe it was the episode for Gliding Or All. Uh, I did a very similar arithmetic to John. John basically did an estimate of how much money was in the shed uh, before uh, Huel jumped into it. Uh, and he calculated, you know, same way I did, he kind of you know, tried to come up with a rough estimates with dimensions, tried to do some build distributions of their bundles of 10, 20s, 50s, and 100s. He came up with an estimate of $32.4 million. I think I came up with a lower estimate of like $17 million and an upper estimate of $76 million and kind of settled in the upper 20s to mid-30s myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, just in case you guys missed the last season and you were curious, uh, several people have done the math on that, including yours truly, including John here, and we're all coming up with a you know ballpark figure of a lot, a shit ton, a, a metric <laughs> shit ton of money. Yeah. Um... So, yeah. Gavin says, Hank is going to get Jesse to wear a wire. Watching season one, episode four, uh, when Jesse comes, shows up to give Walt a share of cash from the first cook, Walt freaks out and asks if he's wearing a wire. Jesse throws the money up in the air, similar to him throwing the money out of the car in the last episode. Another throwback, another callback. Oh, yeah, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think... Well, well, obviously, it depends on what happens. It's a necessity. Because it's still hearsay until, Walt, and, you know... Yeah, where for Hank, it's a necessity. Yes, yes. I just yes. don't know if Jesse will go along with it. Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how Jesse reacts next episode. I mean, there's there's all kinds of drama going to be had there. I mean, shit. Yeah. Uh, Jesse could wear the wire, but then rip it off at the last minute, or... Or not. signal Walt, Walt that he's wearing be, the yeah, wire. I mean, like, you know, it's... Yeah. Walt does have a weird hold on him still. Uh, Josh says, killing Hank is off limits, which is very un-Heisenberg, as Stalin was reputed to say, and it's a sentiment that Heisenberg has taken to heart, no person, no problem. I think Walter White amazingly has started on the road to his redemption. Just last episode, can you imagine him volunteering to give himself up for the good of his family? I think the big tragedy here is that Jesse will turn on Walter White, who's trying to make things right, and Walter will understand, leaving Jesse even more torn up. I I can't uh, disagree. I mean, if you'd have asked me to predict that Walt would be on the verge of giving himself up to Hank, mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Bullshit!" Heisenberg is in full <laughs> full throttle control. Yeah. So I just don't think. Interestingly, Skyler Breaking Bad, I think, is is derailing his redemption tour. Yeah, is she the only one keeping him in the game now? I mean, it's it's interesting how that's kind of playing out. Ironic, <sighs> interesting, karmic. All of both, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew says, I finally realized this episode how selfish Walt's justification of family is. When he says I'm looking after my family, what he actually means is I'm selfish and looking after things that are valuable to me. Walt won't kill his brother-in-law, but other people's children are fair game. Uh, I, I kind of want to take a point uh, because he didn't really kill... Drew, but then he also endangered Brock, so fair point. 
I think Hank will turn Jesse in if he recognizes the other people's, that other people's lives have value for Jesse, too. Their past history is unimportant now. What matters is that they share the same values and Walt does not. Good point. Um, it's all about how Hank plays it. Can Hank, can Hank put aside those differences and get to that core uh, values agreement? Um, let's see. Let's skip ahead to Lintz. My favorite part of the episode was the buried theme. I feel like name game could be played for the entire episode. Ooh, we haven't played the name game in a while. We haven't. Uh, so they said, I thought I would attempt to unravel the buried theme that was so inter, uh, intricately woven through the episode and series. So they looked up in the dictionary five definitions of the word buried. Okay, uh, first definition was Scrooge McDuckin in some fat stacks, you know? <laughs> right? That's, that's yes. buried. Yes, okay. Okay, that's how I use it anyway. That's first in Webster. That's first, that's, that's first in Webster. Second okay. is to place in the ground. We got the barrels. Nope. I didn't see any of that this episode. <laughs> we got the shit lab 1.0. Sure. Yeah. Uh, third definition, to place a corpse in a grave tomb or the sea. We saw lots of dudes get iced. Presumably they'll be buried. Maybe. Um, they might just be left in the desert. All right. Well, that's, a, that's a, a way of uh, disposing of a corpse. Uh Let's see. Uh, fourth is to conceal by or as if by covering over with earth. To hide, i.e. burying one's face in a pillow. Burying a secret deep within oneself. Yep. Burying, a lot of that. Burying one's teeth in the linoleum. <laughs> <laughs> but Skylar's so you're trying to keep silent, trying to keep strong, burying that secret, secret deep within herself. Yeah, Hank even, right? Yeah, uh, true, true. Uh, man, we're up to number five. Uh... The fifth definition, to occupy oneself with deep concentration, to be absorbed, to bury oneself in their studies. Oh, well, there you go. There's That's Hank, right? Yeah. He's buried himself in that case. Absolutely. Deeply absorbed with it. And sixth, to put an end to, to abandon, uh, burying their, uh, to bury a quarrel, uh, to bury the hatchet, to stop fighting, resolve a quarrel. Um, Skyler and Walt. They finally kind of legitimately reconciled. Holy shit, do yeah. we have the first six template name game? I think we do. I think we do. Outstanding Villigan. That that gets that gets a that gets a slow, slow clap, clap out of the bald move headquarter. A single slow clap. <laughs> you know what's interesting is Hank really the entire time this series has been going has only done one thing, which is like you said, to pour over this case and to, to obsess about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never gotten boring. No? I mean, there have been a lot of twists and turns along the way that have kept it interesting. It's just I, like, I, I thought that was kind of cool. It's just like, you know, and again, we're not interested in seeing him cook, but Walt has cooked in every other season, and it's all, even though it's the same shit every time, it's still really fascinating because yeah. of the way the material is presented. Mm-hmm. Byron says, Good day, boys. Byron here from Australia. I reckon shit will go down in the episode of Buried. My predictions are that Skyler will irre- irrevocably break bed. Todd and his boys will murder Declan and his boys. And the episode will end with Hank ready to interrogate Jesse once again. By the way, I'm using Internet Explorer, so hopefully this won't post late. Have a good 4th of July. <laughs> um, if I were you, I would have gone with International Dateline. Uh, discrepancies because uh, speaking of for most Americans we do not know how that works and it kind of roughly it, it vaguely terrifies me 
Yeah. Like I have the feeling that it just it sucks a day right off your life, like Wesley in the Pit of Despair from The Princess Bride. Like it's just 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 screaming and yelling, and you never get it back, and your hair turns white, and it's all over. So try 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 that one next time, there, Byron. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie writes in regarding Skylar as a longtime Skylar hater. I'm becoming conflicted about her. I found her tedious, passive-aggressive, unfaithful, non-committal, and tedious. Did I mention tedious? <laughs> you did. She's uh, she's tri-tedious. Um, which sounds like a character from Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> the Athens senator tri-tedious would like to take the floor. Um, anyway, I'm starting to soften my opinion of her. After meeting with Hank in the restaurant, she has to wonder if anyone is on her side. Well, welcome aboard the I don't fucking hate Skylar bandwagon there, Lonnie. I don't fucking hate Skylar. I know. That's why I said welcome to the bandwagon. The bandwagon. Yeah, we're all on it. Did you Did you forget? <laughs> did you lose the ability to parse English now? What the I, fuck? I fell off the knowing what a bandwagon, bandwagon is. <laughs> knowing what a bandwagon is, bandwagon. That bandwagon flipped over, killed six <laughs> people. Um, uh, oh, this is solid. Her prediction for the end. The final shot in the final episode is the lottery ticket lying on the table. The camera pans back to show both the ticket and the live televised winner of the Powerball jackpot numbers. Walt's ticket is the winner, and the only Walt or the only white left alive to claim the money is Walt's mom, stuck in the nursing home. Uh, uh, yeah, we never met her, but she didn't sound great. Ooh, I love this take. Adam says the cell Jesse's held in is B-024. The B-24 was a World War II bomber named the Liberator. I think JP's freedom, spiritual, physical, or legal, begins in that cell. Mm. That's fucking strong. That's it's been cool. a good cast for World War II references with Panzer Gray and the Liberator here. <laughs> uh, that's real strong. I like that. Uh, Richard, firstly, the Lydia scene had problems for me. Not the same problems you brought up. My problem lay in the way Lydia seemed to completely compose despite being in an incredibly tense situation. We've been shown in the past that she doesn't really thrive in these scenarios, but here she was cool as a cucumber. Um, do you really think she was that cool? No, I didn't. I actually thought she was trying to act cool and and, and ended up not totally pulling it off. Yeah, but, but I mean, Declan was kind of just indulging her. Yeah, I mean, she's like fucking cringing in the in, in the disembarkation well of the bus and she's covering yeah. her ears and she can't look at the bodies and she's staring and nose twitching and, and the other thing is <laughs> we've seen her kind of pull her shit together in 10 situations before like you know uh, fucking Mike has a gun to her head while she's chained to a table in a dungeon and she busts out the ocean of methylamine speech yeah so she has she's got her little she's got her little uh Mini Heisenberg, her or her and and Curie inside of her. Um. So yeah, I, that not a problem for me there, Richard. Uh, Anton said a lot of people seem confused over Skylar's willingness to protect Walt and find it inconsistent. She suffered from she he believes that she's suffering from Stockholm syndrome, which is a psychological disorder in which hostages start to develop empathy, support, and positive feelings towards their captors. I've heard of that before, but I thought it was interesting. He said that it's uh, currently thought to be an evolutionary adapt- adaptation to aid survival because identifying with one's aggressor can cause them to cease becoming a threat to you. Um, hmm. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, 
the Stockholm Syndrome is a, a real thing, but <laughs> I don't know if Skylar has it. I mean, she's she's now maybe I don't know. She's because she's now telling Walt that he needs to continue doing this. So maybe maybe she is. She's just had such little agency. Like you know, she finally got the balls to kick Walt out and keep the kids from her. And then he just moved himself back in and said, basically, deal with it. Uh-huh. Um, and... So she was a captive in her own house. Yeah, yeah. basically. That makes sense. Yeah. She had him in psychological uh, captivity anyway. Yeah. Uh, Geoff said, first prediction I've made, and probably way too late, but hell, Netflix keeps us UK people 24 hours behind. Uh, fun fact, the really unofficial cutoff for feedback, just in case people are wondering, is around 2 o'clock... Or, I'm sorry, 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. That's when I basically start compiling the feedback and I I, I don't go back for second dips. Uh, and if it's really strong, you can make it to next week's cast. But because of the sheer volume, it has to be a really strong take. And not be contradicted by the episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, all that said, Joff says, I'm wondering if part of the negative karma Villigan is going... Uh, is is Oh, and I can't parse this. I'm wondering if part of the negative karma that Villigan is going to pin on Walt is that his lottery numbers come up. Maybe they win like 90 bucks and Junior cashes it in on breakfast, losing <laughs> Walt the Empire in the process. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine he come in, he's like, you know, uh, sees a lottery ticket, looks it up. Oh my gosh, Mom and Dad just won like $1,000. And he goes and cashes it in, surprises him. <laughs> at least, at least, not everything he did would have been for nothing. It would have been for ninety-dollar breakfast. <laughs> oh my! Well, uh, I'm just saying that crawl space mm. would would just be a you know firecracker compared to a thermonuclear bomb compared to how lost shit <laughs> Brian Cranston would would act in that situation. Especially when he drops the bomb, I fucked Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh and then I gave Ted the thousand dollars <laughs> um, this also ties my theory that the hundred dollar tip for the Denny's waitress was Walt's last hundred dollars in the world I, yeah that's strong yeah that's cool I like it uh, final one Alicia just realized in both episodes of the season we first see Jesse in or on something circular episode one has him in the round papazon chair is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah. Wow, got one right. Uh, and episode two, he's on the merry-go-round. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but I wonder what you guys think of it. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about the one similarity in the callback. Um, you know, in previous seasons, we talked about the imagery of the, the eight or the infinity sign that we saw hmm. very prominently in Salude. Uh, Reddit has been following this up and like they point out that the mufflers of of Walt's new car um, uh, if you look at it it looks like an infinity symbol oh that's cool it calls a mind circular the Oribus the snake eating its own tail the the, uh, you know beginnings are the ends are the beginnings Um, you know could Jesse end up being a penniless petty criminal at the end of the series could Walt end up being a broken sad man with no family uh, you know, I, I, I like the fact that these, you know, being circling, coming back to, back to the beginnings and being stuck in ruts and patterns. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think thematically that could make a lot of sense. Uh, and I'm a big fan of like 
uh, theories that involve that. I don't know. So we're getting record. That's a last of feedback. Uh, we got spoilers. We got some light spoilers. We got some medium spoilers. We got what is purport to be megawatt spoilers, but I'm kind of going to call some bullshit on it because uh, they had the spoilers for... We got these before uh, Buried aired, and they had spoilers for Buried, which were completely wildly inaccurate. Okay, good. Uh, in fact, I don't even think I'm going to post them because I'm pretty sure that the rest of them are, are, are bullshit, too. I appreciate uh, the guy sending them in to us, uh, and if you can you know verify some of those or if we get verification from s- second parties... Speaking of, where's Jesse B been at? Did I piss him off not posting the spoilers? And he's like, fuck you guys. I'm you gonna, may have. I'm going to find a spoiler podcast Maybe he went over to my Chin. talents. Maybe he went over to the Evil Chin Empire Took and he's delivering spoilers to, there. To, to, to Seattle? All right, uh, all right. I mean, I'm just, I, you know, I, it's interesting because overwhelming feedback was Aaron don't read spoilers because number one people can't control themselves <laughs> yeah to be fair that was me from a whole bunch of dummy accounts <laughs> <laughs> and number two they say that they seem to like my takes when I'm unspoiled so uh, it was just an experiment I did for this one show but honestly uh, when I first got those spoilers I'm like oh man I don't want because here's the, here's the thing I've been on the record of saying I don't really care about spoilers I actually think if someone came up and said, yo, Jesse's going to die next episode, that wouldn't bother me. But if someone... These spoilers are basically like a Crayola drawing of a Breaking Bad episode. It's just a lower resolution, shittier version of what we're going to see anyway. Yeah. So it's like, it takes all the art out of it. It takes any suspense. It's like, it's like oh, he's going to kill Jesse. Well, how is he going to kill him? How, you know... It just takes all the imagination out of it, and some people like that, and and I want to support that. I want, I would, I, you know, I, I'm committed to. If someone gives us spoilers, I'll post them in a private document that you have to click through to after you get through some big, bold, hairy ass spoiler warnings. But for myself, I think for Breaking Bad, I kind of want to opt out this last season. I really do too. I'm. What's your I reason? love Breaking Bad so much, and I feel like. Once it's over, there is a large, a more than proportionate amount of good television that is gone. And I want to savor these last few episodes. I mean, you take the quality of Breaking Bad, and and, and I'll throw Mad Men in that uh, pool as well. Oh, okay. These two shows combined feel like they make up 95% of the quality television that's on. Even though there are shows like Americans and Homeland and... Of, of myriad Game of Thrones, those. Justified. Game of Thrones, all you of got those the shows. top. You got the tippy top shelf. Right yes. below it, you got. And the there are only two shows on that shelf. I agree. There and Breaking is, Bad is one. What what kind of drop off you assign to the others is up to you. But you know, in my mind, Breaking Bad is is going to finish unless Billigan completely trips, gone out the door, and breaks his dick. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a consensus top five all-time television show. Maybe yeah. even top three. I mean, you're putting it in the top one or two. I think it's in the top three for me. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard-pressed to find a critic not willing to put it in the top five of all time, assuming they stick to landing. That doesn't come around every exactly every day. And so I, I want to... Savor it. Enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it as much as possible. And for me, that means not being spoiled. Being surprised with how things turn out and, and the quality. Yeah, you don't want to be like Hugh at a Fogo to Chow. 
You want to, you know, flip oh, over? Oh, I know what I'm getting. Meat. <laughs> meat is all I'm saying. It is meat, all I'm saying. Flip it over to Greenside, all I'm saying. Um, yeah, man, I totally, I totally feel that. Yeah, so. so that's my reason. Uh Anyway, we're getting record amounts of feedback. We're getting record amounts of Facebook participation. We're getting record amounts of Twitter. You want to join it, bring it, bring it strong. Uh, breaking good at baldmove.com, facebook.com slash baldmove, Twitter at baldmove. We would love to have you guys participating in our live tweets and our live Facebooking. It's a lot of fun. Um, so we'll see you on there, hopefully. If not... Uh, we will see you in the spoiler section, and if you are squeamish about that, we'll see you next week on Sunday night for our instant series. Yeah, right after the show airs, we're going to be back with another we podcast. We got that shit so. out before the episode is cooled. It's like <laughs> on within the hour, so it's about yep. as immediate as you can get without listening to a shitty After Buzz podcast. And who the <laughs> hell wants to or do that? having screeners, which, who the hell gets those? Ah. Yeah, I, man, that would change the way we fucking cover the show if we got screeners. totally would. Can you imagine our full-blown podcast out the second it's done airing? Yeah, wouldn't you like to see that audience? Yeah, wouldn't... <laughs> Does anybody know anybody who can get a screener? No shit. God damn. That'd be fantastic. I would, I mean, we'd have to change that way we cover spoilers, obviously. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I, I would make that trade for damn sure. Easily. Being able to have this thing in the can ready to go. Yeah, so once again, thank you for listening, and also... Uh, sorry about the audio issues, but we will be back to normal. Yes, next it, it week. turns God out that, it. that several generous souls gave us several thousand dollars over the summer, so we're going we're to gonna take, spend a, a significant chunk of that. We're on going to take care of this of this problem, uh, and you know this this equipment has served us well for several years, and yeah. apparently it's decided it no longer it wants to throw <laughs> off the bonds of servitude and <laughs> and, uh, and rise up, and rise up against its human masters. So. Yeah, we may not be around; we may be executed <laughs> next week. <laughs> but so, if we're here, we will see you then. Uh, until then, I'm Jen and I'm Aaron. Have a good night. the spoiler section. What do we have for spoilers this week? Well, first of all, a little discussion about the uh, next time ons. Um, looks really fucking tense. We got it does. Uh, Hank putting the pressure on Jesse. We got Jesse uh, wanting, he was talking about, or are we talking about the truth that's what we're trying to get to? We got someone that we think might be Saul. Or Saying it might be I wouldn't Kubi. have done it if I knew what he was going to do. It might have been QB. Could have been QB, yeah. It doesn't really sound like Saul, but that's who they show when they're showing the clip. Um, yeah, if it is Saul, he is in distress. Yeah, high distress. Like, not since he's been on his knees in the desert in the hood yeah. has he been that stressed out. Um, so, it looks like it's going to be another... I mean, can, God, can they fucking do a, uh, a cliffhanger for every one of these goddamn episodes? Maybe. Jesus. They're, it seems like they're trying. Steven and Jocelyn wrote us in and said uh, on the take, you know, we've been overanalyzing perhaps some what? episode titles. What? Um, but they said uh, <laughs> Felina is highly likely the name that they gave the final episode before officially naming it. Uh, or it could just be the name that's fucking title. Like the first episode was called Pilot. 
So uh, there would true. be some yeah. nice symmetry. We've talked about this, you know, as, as a personal joke to Villigan. But anyway, even if they, even if that's what it shows up on TV Guide, it's likely to avoid any spoilers, just like there's no info on the final episode either. Felina equals finale. Come on, bros, do your research. Blood Bunny was originally titled The Decision on the Script until it was close to airing. Yeah, um, that could be true. Yeah, I mean, where's the fun in that? Speaking of episode names, so we got confirmation on The Insider that to the Tahajali is the name of the location that Walt did his first cook at. Yeah. And it's also the name is also where the, money's the location where the money's buried. So episode of Tohajali has got to be something involving that money, right? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say yes. So as we get closer, maybe that'll become but let's keep that in let's keep that in our back uh, in our shirt pocket ready to, to, right. to pull out. Reach into our pocket for the fresh amounts. Uh, I hope I don't butcher your name, uh, Mads Kier. But he says, hey guys, love the podcast. This is for the spoiler part of the show. D- uh, during this week's Q&A segment on CBS, Brian Cranston was on and they showed an unaired scene at t- uh, 2 minutes and 37 seconds into it. Hope I'm the first to report on this. Um, this is pretty light spoilers. I encourage everybody to take a look at it. What he's talking about there is there's like a 10-second sequence where it's the CBS crew filming, Villigan's crew filming a scene um, that looks like it's about two to three episodes into the future. Not really a spoiler. It's more of a tantalizing, you know, what the hell's going on type of thing. Um, but it's a really good interview and kind of behind-the-scenes with Brian Cranston. Uh, I think people would enjoy it. Obviously, it's aired on CBS. It's not too spoiler-heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got uh, a, a guy sent us a bunch of screenshots of spoilers that I think, unfortunately, are bogus. Uh, and I will not read your name because, in case you would be like, oh, fuck you guys. Um, but if you do get those confirmed or find an alternate set, we'd be happy to accept them and uh, post them for people's perusal. All right. Uh, it seems like there was two things I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you want to talk about John Delancey and Elliot. Okay. Uh, both of those have the common theme is you dismissed it like, oh, we'll never see those again. But we know yeah. from spoilers or from the casting notes on IMDb that those, that at least Gretchen or, or the guy that plays Elliot is and, and Gretchen are going to be back in the either penultimate or final episode. Hmm. Um, so what if you don't see a, a, a future where uh, Q is sitting there in a bar and he's on, he's unshaven and he's unkempt and he's clearly on skids and we see this Heisenberg thing's blown up and uh, they talk about, you know, we've got this Charlie Rose interview going on with somebody and, and it turns out that, you know, Jesse's mugshot shows up. You don't think that, that, that he might go and seek some revenge? I just don't like that as a, as an idea for the demise of any character. Like, mm. this guy we haven't seen in three seasons is suddenly going to come back. It's the same reason you didn't like the, the, coincidence. the coincidence with the 737 at the end of season two. Yeah, I hate that idea, but I know that you weren't didn't have as big a problem with the plane crash, so I wondered if you'd be more receptive to that. I didn't, but the plane crash overall didn't mean that much. Um as far as like the storyline of Walt or the storyline of Jesse, it didn't. It didn't have an impact. This would have an impact on the story of these guys, sort of in a large, uh, a dramatic fashion. 
So what are we doing here? I mean, are they saying that basically... I, I mean, you got Tuco coming back. You got Crazy Eight coming back. You got Gretch. I'm, is, is this going to be some hokey? I'm, I'm worried this is going to be some hokey deal where Walt's having a near-death experience and he's being tormented by all the ghosts of people that he's wrong mm. or killed or, yeah. or I mean, and and that would that would be that polarizing. Would be that would make I, me angry, as Jesse predicted, uh, or as Aaron Paul predicted. Um, yeah. Shit, do you think that's really something he's going to do? Certainly not. Certainly not. Maybe he's fucking with us. Maybe those credit listings are not real. Mm. (laughs) It's kind of got me worried. Maybe it'll be like some kind of montage. Nah, fuck, I don't even want a montage. I don't even like a... a, a, a There's no reason. There's no reason to go back to them as far as I can see. Yeah, it's funny because someone asked me on Facebook. It's like, well, what do you really want Breaking Bad to do? And I'm like, uh... I want something to be genuinely surprising, mm-hmm. but also in retrospect and hindsight make complete sense that it seems that everything built up to be inevitable to that. Yeah. And that are two basically opposite objectives, but that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm expecting the Villigan to do. Yeah, and, and you can do that, but it's so difficult. Right. Uh, especially with a show like this that is so talked about. Right. Uh, uh, practically every theory under the sun we've heard already. Right. I I don't I actually don't even know if I need that. I mean, the idea that the last episode could just be poignant mm-hmm. um, and not surprising in any way is okay with me. Like justified, uh, the last episode of last season worked really well doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really need to be surprised. But I the the other idea is okay. Maybe this is a flashback, but maybe it's just like boom, 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 boom. He's just seeing all these guys, and it takes like. Less than a minute of the last episode. Right on. You could you could pull that off. Maybe. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like some things that sound like it's bullshit when it's in a uh, hands of a Michelle McLaren or even a, you know Vince Gilligan's director of the final episode. Yeah. Um, these guys know what they're doing and stuff that might sound hokey when you're looking at it in Crayola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Turn out to be really po- po- uh, poignant and moving on the screen. Good point. Uh, I think we're done, dude. Okay. Uh, Sounds good. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Yep.